What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane, as you already know. And it's been a while, but this time for good reason. Usually, I just kind of fall off the wagon or on the wagon. I'm not sure what the expression is. And I come back apologetically. Hey, guys, I'm really sorry. I just got caught up. That's not what happened this time. Uh, Since last time we talked, a few cool things have happened, and then just something life event kind of happened. I'm in the process but we've I've already, I've started a second podcast called the Coolest Nerds Podcast, which is on Apple Music right now. But we're working on having a YouTube channel as well to have clips. So the podcast is myself, uh, my boy Raf, and Marvin, who you've heard on this podcast before. We're talking about anime and video games, and because we're adding a video component, it makes it a little bit harder to kind of roll out. We working on theme music and. A lot of other elements that need to go into the production of it. And so it's kind of consumed a lot of my time to do podcasting because I'm we're shooting it at my house, basically. And so I have all the content, so it's my responsibility to then break the videos down into clips and do all that fun stuff that I'm not really good at. So it takes me a lot longer than people who do this for a living. So that's one thing. I'm also starting another podcast with my girl Kristen. We're kind of working on the name right now. But we had our preliminary meeting. We kind of know what our vibe is. She was on a podcast as well, um, maybe a year, year and a half ago. It was a two-part series, actually. We talked for a long time. And we just had natural chemistry, and now she's back in town. And she hit me up and said, listen, we did the podcast once. My friends think we have a good rapport. Uh, I'm a white girl. You're a black dude. I'm a pageant girl. You're a jock athlete dude. I think our differences can make the podcast kind of cool. So now we're working on that podcast as well. So now it's two separate podcasts going in addition to this one. So that's kind of busy. And I've been organizing two comedy shows this month. I think I told you guys about trying to do them back to back. That didn't work. So I did the Miami show a few days ago. And the LA show, the LA show is next week. So it's been a lot. Booking talent, venues, lineups, moving. And of course... Life event, I had a birthday. Woo! That sounded sad, but it was a good birthday, actually. And you know, before my birthdays, I usually watch a video I made the year before about what I wanted the, the previous, the sorry, the upcoming year to be about, basically. And I recap the year I had and kind of give myself an outlook on where you want to be. And it was it didn't turn out as well as I wanted it to in terms of me doing all I wanted to do in the year 2019 and you never know how life's going to go you kind of make these projections you assume things will be a certain way like I was like by this time next year I would have been debt free yada 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 and I paid off a lot of stuff but I'm not debt free and I said you know I want to have this comedy club you know, be X, Y, and Z, and it's continuing. I have a club still. I have a night. It's going well. But it's not at the level I probably wanted it to be at. Um, I wanted to be represented and be doing commercials on TV. haven't done that stuff. So that was sobering, but there's no reason. There's no timetable for the stuff. We just kind of put arbitrary ones out and try to match them. So I'm not really, like, sad or, like, down the dumps or anything. It's more just... I said this a year ago and how much did I stick to? 
and I never would have thought I would be working on three podcasts at one time. That wasn't even a thought of mine. And so that's dope. The idea of doing two shows on two coasts within the same calendar week was not something I even thought about last year. So that's cool. And there's a lot of stuff yet to be done that is yet to be determined. Uh, when I went back to Miami for my previous show, I was talking to uh, my friend Michelle, and she read some of my little scripts I've been writing that I have done nothing with, I'll be honest. I wrote them, I thought they were cool, thought they were funny, whatever. Haven't shot them, haven't developed them, they're just in the can. So if someone wants to see my writing style, I guess it's part of your portfolio. And one of my scripts, I always thought oh, this might might be a decent little child's book or whatever if if I ever did anything with it. And she's was like, Why don't you just do it? Just transcribe it or, you know, make it maybe a free ebook or something. You don't have to necessarily sell it. The idea that it's available to have is kinda cool. And I haven't even thought of it as an ebook. I was thinking about distribution and who to go through and is it an Amazon thing, how much can I charge for it, how long is it gonna be? Animation, all this other stuff, just logistics, that's how my brain works. And the idea of just making it and then putting it out to the people was kind of cool. I didn't, it, it didn't, it didn't strike me as a bad idea on the surface. So that may be something to look into. But I've been moving around. I've been <laughs> trying to figure it all out, as is normally the case with the whole podcast thing. And it's it's okay. I feel good about where things are. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit upset, not regretful, but a little bit upset that I haven't achieved like the specific things I wanted to achieve in this past year. But looking back on all that has happened, this has been an awesome year. A lot of really cool things have happened. I've had the opportunity to start being mentored, which wasn't even on my horizon last year. I was just like, just keep pushing forward, man. You got it. And the idea that I could have someone like impart their wisdoms in my life and help guide me to be a better, more successful version of myself is not something I was even considering. And now I couldn't imagine like not having that. So that may be a better, a bigger win than booking some low-level commercial or something. And those things can still happen. It, it, you're really always one audition away. That's the beauty, and I guess the kind of tragedy of this city, is that you're always like right there. You'll meet somebody, or you'll be friends with somebody, and they'll be booked for something, and you'll see them in a TV show or in a movie or whatever, and be like, oh man, I know that person, and they're on a TV show or commercial, and you were like, oh, I went out for that role. <laughs> you didn't get it. But they're your friends, so you support them. Like, hey, man, what have you got? Hey, girl, you you deserve it. You were great. But then you're like, that could have easily been me. I saw, let's see, I saw Ron Cap. I saw four or five of my friends, people I've been to their houses, people I've worked with on comedy shows, people I grew up with in commercials last year. Big commercials, like NCAA, like... Um, was it Gears of War or one of those shooting games? I'm not a, I'm not a gamer like that. Um, one of the shooting games, like a Domino's commercial. And I'm seeing people who I know. I said, oh man, that's so-and-so. And it was so surreal because I know this is a national campaign ad. 
these are people I know. And it makes you think, you know, I'm I'm not that far from it. And I'm not I'm not envious of my friends. I think I that's a childish emotion to be envious of someone's success. Like we all have different timetables. That's the that's another reality. Some people get on and you're like, How's this person? On. I was having this conversation with Marvin. Not on the podcast, in regular life. And we were doing a comedy show. Or he was doing a show, I was there to support him actually. And one of the comics was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing, you know, a show in these cities. I've been on tour. Yeah. And so, you know, we hear tour in multiple cities. We hear you're making money from comedy. Okay. Even if you're just a feature act. I think this is a headliner. So let's say you're making a couple hundred per show, whatever, whatever. You may make a thousand, fifteen hundred a week. Whatever. We're just doing rough numbers right now. And we're hearing this as comics thinking this person must be really good. Right? That's just the natural expectation. And it did maybe a 10-minute set. And so we're watching maybe a little bit more critically because we're watching someone who allegedly is mastering the craft. And we thought this is not not even average for the most part. This is... And it's like, it's like this person's touring. And it took, a, it took me driving home that night to be like, uh, I was wrong. I was wrong in that moment. Like, just because they're not my cup of tea, and I don't think they're particularly funny, fine, you can, you're entitled to your emotion. But then there was, in, there was in the moment a little bit of envy, like, man, I'm making, I'm hustling clients, and people are getting sick, and I'm chasing people around for, for work, and this person's just showing up to clubs, getting paid to tell this joke. Like, it was, it was a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And we've all been here before. I'm not certainly the only one that feels this way. But... As I was driving home, it was just like, you're you're fine. Because even if you had that luxury to travel and all that now, you have to give up all your clients. You would live a wild lifestyle. Do you want to be staying in hotels? You know, and more than that, is your act even ready to travel? Like it was, I had to look myself in the face, or sorry, in the mirror, and just be honest and say, yeah, I mean, I think they're super funny. And part of me was like, yeah, I wish I was making more money doing what I like to do. But... It's not my time. And it's that simple. It's just not my time for that. And once you can kind of get to that reality, then it all kind of evens back out. But I don't know. It's And birthdays have a weird effect, too. Because you start seeing things in terms of, like, like birthday numbers. So I'm 32 now. And I'm 10 years out from college. And that was kind of a big thought. Man, I'm a decade from college. Where did I think I would be two years at the college? And technically, I graduated in May. So, you know, I'm still a few months away from the actual 10-year mark, but just go with me on this. And it was, where do you, what do you think you would be in 10 years? And, you know, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be this and that. I might have a kid or two or three, you know, <laughs> being dumb, but young. And then you look back, and it's like in the last 10 years, how much have I developed? Which is not really the question people think about. You don't have a, the luxury of being retrospective. Like you just think, man, I didn't make it or I'm still struggling. But you look back on how much you've grown and the experiences you've had and friendships and all that. Like 10 years ago, I had just started being friends with like Mark. And now, you know, he's one of my best friends. And Scuba was like maybe two years, three years into being my friend. I wouldn't have thought that 10 years later, 
he would be someone I talked to on a daily basis. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't anticipate that. Then of course, lifestyle wise, I was in college. Then I went to grad school, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be this therapist person. And then ended up working at Equinox, and then now I'm in Hollywood, you know, milling around, <laughs> trying to build this little empire. And it's it's a process, but it's you know it's what the course is. And so you look back ten years and think where you expected to be and then where you are. And you have to find the good and bad, the pros and cons, all that good stuff. Because for a lot of people that 10 year mark is depressing. You're still at the same job, you know, you may be in a relationship you don't like, and you just start looking at all the negatives. And you don't have a chance to focus on the good things. Of, I've probably been three different people in the last 10 years. And I don't mean like on some bipolar thing. I just mean like you just shed your skin and kind of develop some metamorphosis of sorts and I think I've had three of those in the last 10 years and they've come at different times is from my experience usually something with a woman is what changes things this most recent one has nothing to do with a woman it's more just having people show me I guess a mirror to myself and say where do you want to be how good do you think you are do you believe in yourself whatever and it was like that took a mental shift. But the previous two were women related where I was in a situation I didn't like the way I handled the situation. It wasn't anything about the girls actually. I never left blaming them. But I didn't believe that I was the person I professed to be in various situations or someone I can look back on and be proud of in those moments. And so when the moment came and went, then it was it was sobering and it was like, okay, Chris, you gotta be better than this. We can't do this again. You can't be this guy again. You're better than this dude. And we're going to be better. We have to be better. And then that's what was the impetus to start being better. And I don't know, like I'm not a, I don't study animals and stuff. So I don't know exactly all the mechanics of, you know, a butterfly from the cocoon and then whatever. But when I change, it's it starts with a decision. I think that's the first thing, right? And then it starts with daily decisions going forward until it becomes autopilot, kind of. Right? I'm sure there's plenty of books on it. And someone who's a lot more knowledgeable about it than me can probably articulate it better. But it's the idea that, okay, next time this kind of situation arises, I won't react this way. And then the situation comes up and then you have the choice to make are you going to act differently which still may be bad but just different or do you fall back to the old trap and you kind of go through that decision process and hopefully you pass the test cool that time didn't fall for the old thing good on to the next and it comes up again then at a certain point you don't think about it and then you start living that new reality that you've created for yourself and that goes until the next kind of checkpoint and then the situation happens again. And then it says, okay, I'm better than what I used to be, but I'm not where I want to be. I think that's the refrain my brain goes to all the time. Because people say, man, you're you're different. Even though I was in Miami just now, like a lot of my people who have seen me, some haven't seen me for a couple of years. And they were like, man, you're different than I remember you. And I was like, good. <laughs> I hope so. I don't want to come back the same dude. I should be dramatically different. I'm a few years older, a lot more experiences, 
perspective is better and more seasoned. I really hope that I hit different. I hope my jokes are funnier. I hope my temperament is better. I hope I'm more mature, that I don't pop off and blow up as easily. And even physically, people are like, man, you look good, man. You're like, skin's all glowy. I was like, hey, you know. Um, like, you look good. I'm like, yeah, because I'm, I'm figuring it out. And it always comes back to I'm better than I used to be, but I'm not as good as I want to be. And if you have the power to get better, some things are just, they're legit limitations to what you can be and what you can do on some level. But most of the time, it's us holding ourselves back. Or it's the idea of changing is so hard that I think people change when it's necessary and then rest on a change. Like, oh, thank God I got that change off and now we're, we're good. And it's, that's not how change works or how people work. Because if you're constantly evolving and becoming a bigger and better person, then the idea that you have to keep changing seems obvious. You have to keep changing with the times. Don't... And a really good example is technology. Then when iPhone came out, it shocked the world. Like, oh man, iPhone and then iPod with all the music and stuff. It was like, man, I can get 2,000 songs on this little device. And it was like the most amazing thing of all time. But if five years later, you still had a regular iPod, not the second or third generation, you look funny. The iPhone 1, once the third or fourth edition came out, people weren't didn't have that phone anymore. But the iPhone 1 is drastically better than the Nextel chirp chirp phone and so people who were like that well look you got me to the first iPhone but I can't be just keeping up with the times it's like you got to you don't have a choice unless you want to be obsolete and if you want to if your goal is self-improvement or growth or status or whatever it is and these all kind of fall in the same category then they usually require different parts of you to get there, right? So when you're in grade school, you're mostly just focused on learn, regurgitate, whatever. Then you get into the workforce and you're an entry-level person for most people. And the whole point is getting experience to hopefully get the next promotion. But once you get the next promotion, you can't keep doing entry-level stuff. They'll fire you or demote you and say, hey, you're, you're a pawn. We thought we hired tonight, sorry. Go back to being a pawn. And then you get the, the little promotion and you're a, a slight manager. Maybe you manage three to five people. And now you, there's, that requires different skills. You may have never had to deal with other people's conflict management. It's just been yours as an employee, just so you don't cause strife with your coworkers. As long as I don't fight with them, they'll fight with me, I'm cool. But when you're a manager, you have to deal with your employees fighting. And now you have to be a mediator and that's a certain skill. And then you got to do time management and they get the word deal with people calling in and out of work and all that good stuff. And you do that well enough and then they give you more people generally, more money, but also more people to manage. And then you get to take that, cool, I had a good little three to five person team and say, cool, can you manage 10 to 15? Right? And they kind of keep, it keeps going up like that. And each time you should be getting better unless you're falling apart or you're falling behind as a manager. If you're not taking on new skills, that's when you start going to workshops. You start reading newer books. You maybe have a mentor who's an older manager who's trying to take you under their wing, giving you the game. So eventually you can surpass them, but really to keep you on the up and up. That's why doctors have to keep going 
to refresh to refresh your skills and keep learning newer techniques and trying out new things because back in the day if you tore your ACL you may not come back some people never came back the same way like Dominique had a knee, I think he had a knee injury Dominique Wilkins basketball people had a knee injury and he came back and played it's knee or Achilles don't remember which one it was uh, he got injured and he came back and played but he was never the dude he was before he was still a confident player. He was still good, but he was so explosive before that he never got that explosion back. And now guys are tearing ligaments and bones and this and that, and they come back and you don't know they were hurt. If I never told you Russell Westbrook tore his knee up four times and you see him just driving at seven foot one, seven foot two, Rudy Gobert, chesting him up and then finishing, you're like, man, that guy's a force. Man, how tall is he? How strong is he? I was like, that guy's had his knee opened up and scoped and sewn back together four different times in like a two-year span you're like nah and he's still doing this like it's because doctors have gotten better we've learned different techniques we tried different things sometimes it fails most of the times it fails until it doesn't and that's kind of what a 10-year journey will show you i thought i had it all figured out at 25 who doesn't at 25 like i was a hot shot kid and I got it. I thought I could just charm my way into girls, and and then that didn't work. And I said, okay, what well, charm can I get you so far? And then I was like, I'm going to be the aloof, I'm too cool for school guy, but then I realized I care too much. <laughs> so you can't be aloof and care, right? Those are opposing processes. So you couldn't do that. And then it's it kind of became its more or less current day self. And it's like, okay, there's some nuance. I care, but I can't care as much as I used to. I got to care more about myself, ultimately. Um, guard my heart and my head from imminent danger and learn from previous mistakes. Don't get caught up in the cute girl and those kind of you. And even now, it's still, you know, I'm trying to, I'm calibrating it daily. Every time I meet a woman, which is one of the coolest parts of being a personal trainer, is that I get to meet people every day. And a lot of people don't have the luxury of meeting a lot of different people. We have regulars, of course. But I see a lot of new people a lot of times. And we have a lot of members who I haven't ever spoken to. And then when I do, I never know what to expect. I can see how they work out and maybe try to extrapolate that into their personality. But that's probably bad science. Sometimes it's super accurate, though. <laughs> like, your workout is poor, and then you meet them, and their attitude is poor. You're like, nah, I guess I could have seen that coming. But... Um, and so when you do get to meet someone who you haven't spoken to or you haven't met or you don't you don't know, then it's just it's a constant new information flowing in and how to deal with each person and it's a it's a it's a beautiful process that I don't I think I take for granted doing what I do and it helps hone the craft inadvertently. Usually when you're making your craft better, you are actively doing it. It's, it's a very super processed thing hey i want to be a better singer i'm taking more vocal lessons i'm resting my voice i'm doing the scales like learning how to hold this note higher like whatever you're doing all the, the, that whole process but if your job was just being like a greeter that's saying welcome to i don't know what a restaurant every day and you were just kind of trying out different ways to do it every day like you were, you're still honing your crap you're making it better you just don't think about it that's how i am talking to people and I'm meeting 
higher level people and, and of course higher level women there's some this and that and you just get to talk and each time it gets a little better sometimes I try things that have usually worked and it goes really awry and it's kind of surprising I'm like this has been working for the last three or four years why is it not working out and I was like well this doesn't work for everybody and it's an amazing gift that I'm actually I'm very thankful for and at some point when I'm not working there I'll probably miss it and I'll maybe kind of relegate myself to being like a a solitary type person but I'm trying to avoid those kind of tendencies but the point of it is you have to keep working on yourself and your craft to keep being a better person but sometimes you need perspective to show you how far you've come and you have to be willing to look at where you've been and what you've done and give yourself a little bit of credit because I started this podcast saying how disappointed I was and what I accomplished and all that and even on the fly I had to kind of adjust it because it's easy to get into the negative because our brains do that for some reason we're programmed to just latch on to negative emotions and then we just make good emotions fleeting oh yeah I had a good day but you know this week has been rough it's like yeah well let's talk about the good day <laughs> the week's gonna be rough because it's more days like I get it but this moment should mean something some good moments can last longer. So that's, I guess I'm imparting some, not imparting, that's some wisdoms to give to you guys going forward. Like look back at your year whenever your birthday comes up and kind of see, yeah, you're going to see some glaring things like, you know, I want to be in a good relationship and maybe you're still single and you're like, well, that didn't happen. And it's easy to kind of dwell on the fact that maybe that was your overarching goal. You've been single for a long time. You just want to be in a happy relationship. And maybe you started with one and ended poorly. And then when the year's up, you didn't have one. And so you just say, well, that was a failure. That's what I wanted to do last year. But in the process of that, you got a promotion at work. You got healthier. Maybe you went vegan or you started eating for your blood type or whatever dietary thing you do. Maybe you met some other cool friends and, you, you know, start traveling more. Like there's so much other amazing things you've done. And that you can continue to do. And yeah, you didn't achieve the one goal, but we're all running a race. We don't know how it's going to end. And we don't really control <laughs> we don't really control anything except for how we approach each day. And so I encourage you to try to find some perspective on what you have been doing, what you're doing, what you're current doing. And give yourself credit when that's appropriate acknowledge the times that you may have fallen short and if you need to change something which I think we all need to change on the margins at the very least but some of us need to change a lot just start working towards the change and when it falls short then stand back up and do it again and when it goes well good keep progressing because that's what it's going to take until you start living your change and once you start living your change, then it's cool. It's how it permeates your entire person. I was talking of Martin, my old roommate in Miami. We were actually driving from my, my my comedy show to another comedy show. I left my show and did a different show, which is I never thought. I thought I would do my show and then go out with people and drink at a bar. Like, happy birthday, Chris. Whatever. And my show ended in a couple, like, Jeannie wanted to go out. And I was like, you know what? I don't drink for real anyway. I know it's getting kind of late for you guys. So I ended up doing another show. 
And as we were driving, um, I was talking and just loud, just being obnoxious. And some random person like turned around and tried to hop in our conversation. And he said, you know, we've been walking around. I spent most of the day with him just because he's my old roommate and we just have the most in common. He's like, man, I feel like all day people have been trying to like talk to you. They've been trying to be in our conversations, trying to like, you know, buzz around us or whatever. And he's like, it's, I don't know, man, you, you got some kind of magnetism thing going for you. And I told him, I feel like I'm closing in on the next altitude I need to be at as a person. Not like as a completer project, but I think Miles Davis had a quote where he says, it took a long time to sound like myself. And it's some version of what that is, where it's, I've been working and tweaking, working and tweaking that I feel like I'm more or less a comfortable version of myself. And people see that and they just want to be around it. Maybe not emulate it, but I think they're like, man, that guy's, he's doing what he's doing. And he seems to be enjoying himself. I want to be a part of that. And I haven't been to Miami in in a minute. I don't know if these people who are buzzing around us. I haven't been around Martin in a second. And so for him to say that, he lived with me for four years. And for him to say that was like his way of saying, there's some change happening. I'm noticing something different about you. And not only do I notice it, people notice it without even knowing it. They're just drawn to it. And that was maybe the dopest thing that he said to me the whole weekend. We had a lot of good moments of catching up and just, you know, you you kind of don't talk to people for a long time. You miss out on so much day-to-day operational kind of stuff. So it takes a long time to catch up. But that was what I told him. And I, I couldn't really put it in better words than you know when a plane has to get is like coasting speed it's got to go through the clouds it's got to go up and maybe it's turbulent for some of it and then at a certain point we're at our cruising altitude and plane's just chilling but at some point it has to land and then take off again and I think that's kind of what changes visually you take off and it's you know you go real fast you just that's what the whole cold turkey or resolutions you give everything real fast and you start coming up he's like all right, I'm getting up there, and then, oh, it gets a little rough, and then you can't see it at some point, right? You have to drive through the clouds. And it's like, oh, man, I don't know if this, I made the right decision. Like, these clouds are pretty dark. What if I never come out? And then you just keep going. And then next thing you know, you're above the clouds, and you're looking down at it. And it's just like, all right, I'm up here. And you see the danger below. Like, if I relapse, I'm going back down into the clouds. But up here is good. And it took a lot to get up here. So let's stay up here until... I feel I need to come down. And then when you come down, you do the whole process all over again. It's just a different part of your life. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Um, sorry for the hiatus, but hopefully I explained myself well as to why I had it. Um, I will give more information about these future podcasts as they come in. Because, again, it's a lot of things to manage. But you guys are my first and primary people. So I don't ever want to lose this core. Hopefully I just expand it into my the other realms of my person. And you guys just support everything. That would be super awesome if you did that. But the anime podcast is called The Coolest Nerds You've Ever Met Podcast. The Coolest Nerds You've Ever Met Podcast. So you can go to the podcast app and start subscribing to that now. And then we'll keep posting more episodes. And then once the YouTube channel pops off, It'll be under the same name, Coolest Nerds You've Ever Met. 
and you can see some of the clips of us talking as opposed to just hearing the audio of it. Uh, the podcast of Kristen is not named yet, but once it is and we're uploaded, I'll give you that info as well. So I will see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in. Deuces. <laughs>